You want to uh, do an episode of Underdogs, Jacob? Yep, I really do. I need it. This is the 76th episode, 77th episode. Of, this is the big lucky sevens, baby. Mm-hmm. This is the double sevens, double luck, double your fun. What is shaking, everybody? It is Friday, May the 7th. This is the 77th episode of Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming. With me is Jacob Eman. It's been a wild week with the Blue Jays. We split a series in Oakland. We got guys who are hurt, sort of hurt, really hurt, guys that we may never see again. Earlier in the week, I thought I had COVID, got tested, who knows, been coughing up a storm. Jacob went and did a virtual, Jacob, you did a virtual reality uh, advertising thing for a coffee company or a marketing company. What is it? Uh, well, I mean, it's not totally clear. I can I can sort of read between the lines and I'm pretty sure I'm, it's, I'm not supposed to be talking about this, but I don't, I didn't read what I signed so that let's let that go and if they come for me i'm willing to go to jail for this um but basically it's i mean it's a marketing company or a research company uh out in mississauga they do research pointless stuff that uh, doesn't matter um for different different companies and so this was i'm guessing for some sort of conglomerate company that was um testing out a new look for coffee canisters and so I went in there in the pandemic and helped them out. Uh, some super essential, very essential work. I got paid $40 for a half an hour of, of uh, my marketing or my, uh, my expertise as a, as a consumer. So basically, this is what happened. I went in there. I signed away whatever I signed. And they brought me into... A room. They calip- They put on some of these glasses, some like Google glasses that that could record what I was looking at. Right. Um, they said that they had wiped it all down, sanitized it. They said I could do that as well if I wanted to. So I guess I had to do that. They're like, it's we sanitized it, but you, we've got some wipes there if you want to wipe it down as well. So I, I was like, all right, I guess. I guess you're really putting it on me to to not take yeah, the you, chance you, that you did it well, and I have to do it in front of you now. You don't want to be the dirty guy who's like, oh, I'm fine with anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we put those on the calibrated. I'm looking at a little dot, um, and then she's like, "Okay, come, come this way." We go into a, a kind of fake aisle that has it's. It looks exactly like your kind of supermarket or shoppers drug mart coffee aisle. And the first thing she asks me, you know, take a look, pick pick what you want to buy. So I I take a quick 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 look and I find a a nice Balzac blend, some Balzac coffee. I go right for that and I say that's what I would choose. She's like, okay, great. Now I want you to turn around and uh, I want you to name for me all of the different brands that you you can remember with uh, after you've turned around. And I just crushed this. I I felt like a, like it was like a CIA kind of like you know, <laughs> can you 
tell me all the things that you saw in this room. Give me the details. And so I was ripping through. I was like, Nabob, Balzax, Muskoka. We got President's Choice, Starbucks. There's Mick Cafe. I was just, and she was like, wow, this is impressive. And I was like, you're right. It is. This is impressive, but it doesn't help us at all because it doesn't single anything out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Then after that, you're like, okay, I want you to turn around again and I'm going to, we're going to time you to see how fast you can find me the 915 milligrams nabob uh, organic. Boom, I turn around, it's like milliseconds. I'm like, boom, <laughs> there it is. It's like, okay. How, did they, how, do you, how do you show them that you've found it? You, you, you tell them. You say there, there and they it just is. trust you. You you could you could just say I got it, and then have well, never. Well, I'm, I'm walking it. up to it. And I'm pointing. They can see. Okay. Um, and so you know that that's kind of the gist of that part. Then we do a little different part. I sit down at a table. They bring me four different of the large canisters of coffee, and they ask me questions about you know does it something I like. It's kind of generic questions, and I have to say strongly agree, strongly disagree, somewhere in the middle, those kind of things. And I'm just ripping the, the big cans, right? I got, no, I got no time for a giant, huge metal canister. Like, yeah. Like, were we I got, camping in 1995? Yeah. Do I own a restaurant? No. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm, I, I, I'm an espresso guy now. So did you, tell the, did you tell them that? Yeah. I did. And so I'm like, yeah, this is no use for me. This is way too big. Strongly disagree to any of these questions. Um, And then we go through and we do basically the same thing, but in a different aisle. And this now we're getting to the crux of what this is all about, because I guess all of these companies have come together and they're getting rid of these or they're thinking about getting rid of these metal canisters and in place bringing in these like somewhat like cooler shaped more cylindrical taller but less fat large like a pringles like a pringles can somewhere in the in between a pringles can and a coffee can but it's made out of paper and it's got a different kind of lid that kind of like folds over you'll see them i'm sure you'll see them in the future Yeah. yeah but at the same time it catches my eye i'm like ooh, what are these it says it's recyclable <laughs> so it's it's like they're trying to do something for the environment they're asking does this seem more does you know they're asking about does it seem recyclable all this does it seem good for the environment do you like it better and i couldn't help but i did like it all better everything <laughs> kind of it was catchy to me you know hook line and sinker hook line you and sinker fell for it I, I mean fell for it i'm helping them out I, I think it will do better i think i love that they say this them. is made of this is made of paper so it's recyclable do you think that's better for the environment yeah, it says <laughs> recyclable on it yeah but then this is the cool part then we go into this dark room and i sit down in front of this other camera thing and there's a big screen and again it feels very cia training um, I feel like I'm hooked into like something that's like calibrating how excellent my senses are and all this. And so there's a big screen that I'm looking at and there's this little circle that's like going to all these different spots. I'm tracking it with my eyes. It's calibrating everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then and then they show me all these pictures of, of different coffee things and they just want me to look at it and it's going to see what I'm looking at each thing. And again, it... Ah, I can't help but feel like it's all this psychological test and um, that I'm doing good at it. Um, but that's when you this, were. This is the essential thing that they needed. 
Well, initially I was like, well, this is a disgusting thing for it to be happening during a time when no one's allowed to do anything. Why would a marketing company be able to get people gathered in to a room and go through a virtual reality tour of what a coffee can is, uh, stands out the most of them in their mind. But after hearing this story, my God, I think we all need to, we all need to be doing this. So they basically gave you $40 to risk your life and then made you sign something, told you to keep your mouth shut for 40 bucks. Yeah. And this was way out like Skymark, Mississauga. It took me 25 minutes. So it's like, I don't know, 40, 40 ish minutes worth of gas. I mean, we, yeah. I, I don't know if I came out in the, in the, in the red or the black or uh, who knows. But I got out of the house, David. I got to go do something. It's It was stimulating. Yeah, I w- totally. I had a great exciting. Time. Like, yeah, it sounds exciting. I would love to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they give you any coffee? No. A fucking no. pieces of shit. Yeah. Ooh, that was unnecessarily violently mean by me. Woo. Wish I could go to a virtual. Here's a nice little segue. Wish I could go to a virtual reality version of the blue jays where everybody was healthy <laughs> yeah wouldn't, wouldn't you love to do that jacob I, I, i've got mlb the show 21 um and you can't you don't even get you don't even get a healthy team in video games anymore i play online against guys and i have to play with the damn team that is almost constructed as it is on the day so you got you get but no you, springer the pitching you staff make, is in There's shambles. no option where you can just get healthy team? I mean, if you're playing like against the computer or if you played against, locally against your friend, I think you can play with, with, a, with the full roster, but I, not, not online, not competitively. It's very frustrating. It's, it's very frustrating. The injuries are affecting people in all different dimensions of life. Uh, let's go over some of these body counts. Um, okay. We got Alejandro Kirk on a 10-day IL, but that's seeming like it's going to be a lot longer, they've said. A month, at least. We've got, yeah, a month. He ripped his hip flexor or tore his hip flexor or yanked it Strained or pulled it. it Is or, that what they said? Nah, I don't know. You got George Springer on the 10-day IL. That's already been said to be more than 10 days. How much more than 10 days? I don't know. Nobody knows. We've got Davey Phelps, who Jacob has been on the record for saying he does not know who that is. I do, who is, is that? <laughs> he is a Toronto Blue Jay. He's been a Toronto Blue Jay twice in his life. He's one of our key relievers, and he's on the old 10-day wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Is he the one with the beard, or is he the one that looks like a, a good fella's extra? Uh, white guy with a beard. That should narrow it down to almost every single reliever the Blue Jays have. Okay. Uh, and then we've got the golden child, Julian Merriweather. Is he on the 10-day? No, he's on the 60-day IL. You'll probably never see him again. He's got some weird hip thing, too. It's not an arm thing. It's a fucking hip thing, and it's obviously bad enough. I mean, they rarely put dudes on the 60-day. Can Normally he they'll... sit and throw? Like, can we put a wheelchair on the mound? Like, is that allowed? Would they let? Would they allow that? I wonder if, and I, and I mean, I wonder, and I actually wonder this. Could Rowdy hold him? And if Rowdy's feet <laughs> obeyed all of the rules of baseball, and he kept his foot on the rubber, and he didn't balk, could Rowdy hold Julian Merriweather <laughs> kind of like, you know, like a child and Julian would just launch the ball in yeah. to, to the mound? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they've thought about that. I don't know if this high-end, high-performance department of the Blue Jays has uh, gone that far. 
I'd like to see it. So I've gone a lot of different ways with this George Springer thing. I've like wondered about all kinds of conspiracies. I've, you know, wanted to blow the entire organization up. There's been some issues with the way that they've communicated it, the way that they've gone about it. It seemed really suspicious, but I've sort of come around to the idea that maybe it's not as, as um, I was going to say disrespectful, but it's, it's maybe not as uh, inflammatory as I initially had thought. Cause I initially thought that they were just like lying to us and keeping it to us for some reason. But I, I do think it's somewhere more in the middle. Where, where are you at with the way that the organizations dealt with this George Springer thing? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just frustrating, but really none of it matters. The thing that frustrates the most is just that he's not playing. We just want him to play. And so any version of communication that says he's not playing makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. And and it's the it's the moments when they say like he might play and then he was supposed to not play and then yes. but he could play tonight and then it seemed like he was going to play in the Oakland series and then all of a sudden he's getting an imaging test. He's getting an MRI and you're like, "Okay, well, well this is obviously a thing. Like what what is going on?" And then when he gets the imaging test, they're like, "Oh, no, no, no. He he cannot play." Yeah. Uh, those Strained those images it. were not good. And now they've come out and said that George Springer has an incredible pain threshold. Well, that's what the Blue Jays fans are going to have to have as well. Oh yeah. Um that's supposed to make us feel better. Get, it's like that he has no. It's supposed to make them have their hands clean as to why it was dealt this way. It's supposed to be. Well, we didn't know. Uh, typically, if somebody was that hurt, they'd be screaming every second of the day. But George was saying that he could play and uh, hitting the ball and doing BP. And how were we to know that he didn't feel pain like a human? Mm-hmm. But it's not a good injury. It's not a good place in the body to have an injury. It's not at a good age to have an injury, but I don't want to go down that path and have a fucking meltdown that we're never going to see a healthy George Springer. But, you know, I mean, look, we just took two out of four from the A's. And I don't know. A's are a tough team. I always find that they're a tough team because they really are a team, like a full unit. Everybody, nobody stands out, but everybody's sort of like this sort of kind of mediocre player and everybody works well together and for some they're reason all, we they're all david phelps <laughs> or, or tommy malone i don't know which one is which but they're all well, you can't put tommy Mal- tommy Mal- oh tommy malone's hurt too i forgot to mention that if anybody <laughs> and if anybody joe panic. cares i don't yeah i don't even know if tommy malone's actually hurt or if they were just like you're either <laughs> you're either gonna find a new job or you're hurt <laughs> and he was like i'll be hurt i'll be hurt for sure uh, Joe panics hurt too. Fuck it. That's uh, God. There's so much to talk about. There's so many like little things that have happened over these, these four games. And it's not to say that everything's bad. My God, the last two games, the blue Jays offense is taken off. They had a nice comeback win on uh, Wednesday that Jacob just reminded me of. We've got some really good positives. We've got Marcus Simeon becoming that sort of MVP like level player that he was in 2019. He's over the last seven games. Just a mere 370 batting average. Just a mere 1,100 OPS. We got Randy Baby Grishik, who's just continuing to prove all the naysayers and doubters wrong. He's still killing it, still batting over 300, the 850 OPS. He's Mm. driving in runs. He's slapping singles, hitting dingers. Biggio, uh, 
He had a good game <laughs> last night. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's give it to him when the given to him is is due. So yes. Um, defense too is looking better, right? Across the board. I mean, we're not talking about it. We're not in. talking about it. We're not noticing it. Bo Bo had one throw that it, you know I got a notification from like just regular MLB tweeting. Bo has a cannon. That's <laughs> that was what the notification says. Bo Bichette has a cannon for an arm. It's like whoa, okay. And I guess he sort of does it, to some extent. He does. It's one of the most shocking things about this season because I've said it on here. I've said it to you. I've thought it over and over and over again when I saw him throw the ball. I was like, why can't he throw the ball harder? And at some point in this season, he's just freed himself up a bit and just started letting it rip. And he's he's firing rockets to first base now. Yeah, Maybe he was nervous of Vlad, you know, that, that Vlad wasn't going to be able to handle it or he was going to air it out too much or throw it over his head or i don't know maybe there's just a bit of hesitancy i don't know i don't think we can put that that i don't don't see that but i they certainly haven't helped vlad out by the amount of times they've hiked the ball in the dirt right in front of Mm -hmm. vlad's feet so if that is what they're afraid of they're they're working against themselves but yeah that's a positive too on uh here's one thing that i want to want to get into a little bit um you just mentioned joe panic he's injured it was on what is today? I don't even know what day it's Friday. It is. Today's Friday. Today's Friday. So this would have been Wednesday. Vladdy DH'd. Scheduled yes. DH day, I guess. And they decided to put Joe Panic in at first base and they had Biggio at third. And why this bothers me is because what in the sweet hell? Does Santiago Espinal have to do to get more playing time than Joe Panic that he isn't already doing? Playing killer defense? Check. Showing some uh, capability with the bat hitting over 300? Check. Running the bases well? Check. Seeming to be a good teammate? Check, check, check. Nice hair? Check. I don't, <laughs> I don't, get, I don't get why... why in my mind, you and maybe they don't want to keep fucking with Biggio, whatever. Joe Panics played how many games of first base in his life? Two? One? One, one before one. this one. So Biggio's played a little bit of first base too. So put Biggio at first and put Espinal at third. I don't understand why we were watching the panic attack at first base. I don't, I think, I think, I don't know. I, I, they've talked about it on the broadcast or, or maybe on the radio, just about the like Montoyo kind of like keeping everybody playing. Not not guys not being on the bench too long. I guess it panic. It was panic's day. He needed to get in. So, and Vlad, Vlad needs to DH when they when they planned him to DH. They can't come off that plan for some reason when injuries are happening. And you think maybe they could pivot and let the the twenty. Is he twenty three, twenty two? I think I think he's twenty two. I think let he's the twenty two year old just play first base another day. You know, pivot. But no, we got to have Panic play first base for the second time in his career. It's, it's infuriating. I was so mad about it. I don't know. No, it, I, know it, I you, didn't care really about mad. Espinal. <laughs> I didn't even care about Espinal. It's just like, it, 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 this, the versatility just gets to me sometimes. I just wish that we had guys playing positions who like, who dedicated their careers a little bit more to being good at a single position and not just being like, 
I can I guess I can stand there. I think I know what to do. I'll get better if you play me more, but Jesus. Do you think that Kevin Biggio and I don't I don't even necessarily mean this. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just a genuine question. Do you think Kevin Biggio is a young Joe Panic? Mm. Well, Joe Panic didn't Joe Panic win a gold glove at second base? He he did, yeah. That's why he he every glove he has, even his first baseman's glove, wherever he plays, third base has a gold glove strap on it that uh that indicates that he's a gold glove winner. Hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, I mean, Joe Panic's had a nice career. He's a World Series champion, a gold glover. He's he's continuing to play late into his career. I don't think that would be a bad a uh, a a bad career for for Biggio. I think he's got maybe a higher ceiling. And you know, we're starting to see I, now that now that the kind of microscope is has gotten off him and he's hitting that now the versatility feels good again. He played like what, four positions in the last week and we could we could get him into the lineup in so many different ways and suddenly he looks attractive again when he's hitting his his batting average is over 200 I think in a pretty short amount of time um and he's not he's not making massive errors so you know i don't know i i agree that him being like joe panic is not necessarily a bad thing but i do think that it changes the the idea that a lot of people have of Kevin biggio because i think that i think because of his last name i think i've said this before but i think because of his last name we do sort of rope him into the vladdy and bichette idea that we have that these three guys are going to be like the young faces of the team or whatever but i think that he more uh likely is like a joe panic and i also think like as you're saying i think in a year's time let's say he keeps doing this and he keeps on the team they don't trade him he doesn't you know something doesn't happen to him whatever we he's still a blue jay at a certain point he's going to be comfortable in all of these different positions and i think it's going to be like a huge asset. And mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll be so happy. We'll be like, we'll, we'll have so much trust in him and we'll really see how valuable that that versatility is. I think it's just tough, tough growing pains with him in the kind of first part of the, of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's how we felt about him last season, isn't it? Well, he was doing quite a bit offensively for a while last season. So it didn't really... I don't remember talking about Kevin's defense a whole lot last year. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And I think that that will continue to be the case as he starts to be, I think, closer to the hitter that he is, which I think has been, which is better than it has been at the beginning part of this season. And I still think has the potential to, as his career goes on, be have a higher ceiling than particularly Joe Panic with the comparison we're talking about now, but he's got a, an elite skill. He's got an MLB elite skill, which is his eye, which is not something that most hitters have, particularly at his age, which I think as he starts to understand, you know, he, he could make an adjustment to his swing that could unlock things for him in a huge way, that that combined with his eye, which is, I think, a harder thing to well, I'm not going to say it's harder than than figuring out how to slap a single the other way, but I I don't know. I think that there is still a lot of potential in his bat, and 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 that that is tied to how how much control he has over the strike zone. Mm. 
We got to talk about, I know you want to talk about uh, screams a lot. <laughs> Robbie Ray, the man, Robbie Ray. We're going to talk about a, a few of these starting pitches. Starting pitching has been okay. Now let's start it out with the Steven Matz. I think, you know, I've said Steven Matz, comeback player of the year. He starts the year out. He's lights out and everybody's calling him the potential Cy Young. We're starting to see him balance back out more to what would make sense when you look at the back of his baseball card, um, mm-hmm. being a little bit more um, mediocre to say the to say the least. And I, I, he's never looked atrocious to me. He really hasn't. Like it just seems to me, and I don't necessarily know enough about this, but from what people who have been in the game say, it just seems more like a pitch selection thing than than anything. Like the stuff is still there. His fastball is still good, whatever. But he was taken out in the sixth inning on uh, was that Tuesday. Yep. And it was in the sixth inning. He had just let up a bomb and he lost the lead. And uh, Montoyo, they show him freaking out in the dugout. They, like Matt just takes his hat and his glove. He slams it on the bench. He goes to sit down and Montoyo comes up, puts his hand on Matt's shoulder in a sort of gentle way. And obviously says something to the effect of, hey, you're done for the night. And Matt's has stands up and slams uh, something else down on the uh, on the bench. He was he was fired up. His face was I'm going to say purple, not even red. His face was purple. He was so worked up. And you, Jacob, you told me that you thought that that was a far scarier reaction than, you know, the classic throwing a cooler, throwing bats, doing whatever. I want to know what scared you about his reaction. What scared me about it is that it didn't feel at all. There there was an element of it being performative for sure, but it, it didn't feel like a, like a, a performance of like dominance or like anger or strength, you know, like those guys that, you know, like crack the the bat over their leg where they go into the dugout after a strikeout or something and they're smashing the Gatorade with a bat and it's like there's like a like a, a release to it. There's something about mats that felt very like like frightening in the sort of like um <clears throat> Like there was like an animalistic kind of like uh, uncontrollable, like frightening energy that felt very like fueled by adrenaline and like a sort of deep seated like uh, hatred towards Charlie, like that felt personal to me. Like it didn't feel, it didn't feel like, oh man, like I can't believe I'm getting taked out. I don't know. There was just, there was something about it that really made me feel uncomfortable in a way that I don't usually feel when people get angry in the dugout because usually I kind of laugh at them and I find it kind of entertaining with him. It felt like, I I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he lost his career in that moment because he actually did something that he was not able to control in a in a real kind of like um psychological uh, troubling rage kind of thing that could have happened in that moment what you're saying is you think that he's killed somebody in his past i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be I, surprised it, it was like a crime of passion if i ever saw one right there I didn't, I, I guess I agree to the point where like it's performative in a way, but only to show people how upset he is because he feels so bad that he's let people down. There was something about his anger that I really 
relate to. I feel like I get really angry in a similar way to that. And it's because I feel so bad about letting people down. When you hear him afterwards, he says, you know, it was, he wanted to give the bullpen a break because the bullpen has been taxed so much. And, you know, he wanted to go back out there and like, keep, keep playing or whatever. One thing that would really trigger me if I was that lit up though, is a gentle hand on my shoulder, like a, Hey, big guy, like, uh, you're done for the day. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot for thanks a lot for coming out. I'm not saying it's it's Montoyo's fault that he got that mad, but that is not a helpful gesture in my opinion to somebody who is uh, like you almost need to go up to him and be like, "Hey, you're done," <laughs> and then just walk away. Montoyo's so gonna Montoyo it. though, you know. Yeah, and Montoyo had to. De- I I felt bad for Charlie because he had to deal with as he was walking up to Matt's. Matt's was already had just done a little freak out. Then Charlie had to had to go up yeah. to him after he'd just gotten one freak out out and say, you know, you're done. And then quickly, you know, you saw him quickly turn his back to him and just ignore what was happening, knowing <laughs> full well that he's freaking out behind him. And that's a, that's that's an uncomfortable feeling. And I didn't like that he put Charlie in that position personally. Well, I was also watching everybody else in the dugout because I was trying to gauge is this odd? And every it was like a very large sense of sense of normalcy in the dugout. Yes. It was just sort of like, yeah, he's just having a moment. Yes. And uh, like Vladdy kind of just like looked over, was a little bit taken for a second, looked over, saw what he was doing, and then just went back to maybe even a conversation he was having with somebody. <laughs> like nobody, nobody really took it in uh, all that much. But Matt's is also a really big dude. Yeah. Totally. Like that, that was, that was one of the things that I found was like, you know, somewhat scary about it was how big he is. And especially in contrast to Montoyo, like, how, like he was so much wider and taller mm-hmm. than Montoyo. And I think that's probably why Montoyo got out of there too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Robbie Ray? Before we talk about Robbie Ray, something that you said earlier about Simeon sparked this, this uh, kind of image in my mind i don't know how much survivor you have watched or how many how much survivor people listeners out there have watched but i'm like three seasons total probably okay but you know the feeling you know you're you're like 80 percent there and it's like final 10 and they get the loved ones visit you know, and oh yeah, 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 of, yeah. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it gives them <laughs> this whole new juice. They can keep going. They get to see their loved one. That's what it was like for Marcus. You know, he went back home. His wife was there. His little, his little boys. He got to be somewhere. He had this whole juice brought to him. This whole new, renewed energy. And he had a great series. He had a particularly incredible day yesterday. But the whole thing, I just feel like this could be what Marcus needed. It's been. It's it's it's, well, it's it's crazy hearing about that his life is just so fully there still. Are his kids and his wife not with him in Dunedin? No, they're oh like, they're like I going to school. They, that. they live in the Bay Area still. Apparently, I read that whole article and didn't even absorb that. There's an article in Sportsnet about Simeon's return to Oakland. For anybody, it's a it's a good read. It's in Big Reads. I can't remember who wrote it. Maybe Arden. Ar- Arden Arden's welling. Yeah. Um, that because I, I was going to say that the biggest thing is one of the things that Bob Melvin, the manager, the A said was like he's he's never seen a guy improve that much as a major league player, and he's and, and the effect that it had on the rest of his teammates was massive, and you could see 
anytime he was on base, the guys were talking to him. They would show clips of him before the game, meeting uh, his teammates in center field and just chatting and, you know, bumping and hugging. And I don't know if they were hugging. I think I made that up. You're probably not allowed to hug nowadays. Hugs are dead. But uh, I was going to say that that is the thing that energized him, rejuvenated him. But uh, man, if he's if his kids and his wife aren't with him, that is fucking massive. And his son, his oldest son in this article, they said that uh, he's like really into baseball, like really into the way that guys try to attack his dad with pitches, really into pitch sequencing. And he's not old. Like he's not. What is he like? Six, five or six. Yeah. Yeah. And he does impressions of all the batting stances of his teammates and loves Vladdy. Yeah. And you could see him watching. He was just stood up the whole time and focused on the game, which, you know, it seems so rare to me for a kid that age that you'd have that sort of attention span towards uh towards a game, especially watching it at a at a stadium. My mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that was that was a really great series for Marcus. And I bet you George Springer's wishing he could do the same thing as the Blue Jays go to Houston tonight, but nah. No. All right. We got Robbie Ray on the mound Wednesday. He threw 95 screams, had nine scream outs. And again, third, third start in a row where this dude hasn't walked anybody. He's Mm -hmm. just gunning anywhere from 95 to 98. He's throwing predominantly fastballs. He's screaming every single time. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. I don't want to be lied to. I don't want to be tricked. I I just want to believe that this is who he is. And because I think I want to believe that people can unlock certain things about themselves at certain times of their life that take them down different paths. And has he done that? Has he, has he changed something about himself to being one of the most inaccurate starting pitchers in all of baseball to, to being this guy who's just upped his velocity and is like pinpoint accurate. I don't know. It's so hard, but it's so much fun to watch. I imagine that he's going to continue to be pretty accurate for as long as he can gun fastballs. I think he can just aim down the middle and they'll move a bit one way or the other and guys can't hit it. So as long as like, I was worried and I texted you, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what? It seems like Oakland's just like, we're going to sit fastball. We're just going to wait for the fastball, not try and hit anything else. And, uh, what Loriano took him deep pretty pretty early, like second guy or third guy up. And uh, I was like, uh-oh, what's he going to do? How's he going to get out of this? And then it was like he threw a couple of sliders first pitch, and then suddenly they're like, uh-oh. Uh, it's, it, I thought it was going to be a fastball. I'm swinging, and then he gets back into control again, and suddenly they're like, I, I was, we were trying to wait for the fastball, but now I, I think the fastball's coming, and then it doesn't, and then it does come, and I still can't hit it, and it's just like he's just a beast. And he and he's, I really like that he did just keep throwing fastballs too, yeah. though. Like he didn't like a lot of pitchers. I feel in those moments get really afraid of the pitch that they're hitting hard and they won't throw it anymore. But he was just like, no, nope, I'm gonna tighten up my pants and keep launching fastballs. Yeah, and it worked. And he, little shout, little shout out to Ramon Laureano though. He had a wicked series against the Blue Jays, and I actually really liked him. Yeah, no doubt, he's awesome. He's awesome, and um, that was with, and that was with Reese McGuire too, putting down the fingers for him. <laughs> So now that you bring that up, what is the deal? Why can't so Danny Jansen does not catch for Robbie Ray. And so now it's to the point where they they call up Riley Adams 
who's yeah. never I, I, I don't think he's ever played in the big leagues no. before. No, he was going to never played. He in the was going to catch before. for 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 Robbie though before they knew he's, how long uh, Kirk had to go on the DL. Or the, yeah, and then and then I think they kind of had a maybe a panic or maybe he had spoke three words to Robbie Ray and Ray was like no next. <laughs> <laughs> and then so they had to call up old Reese McGuire showing up to to catch him. And again, no Danny Jansen. I I I have a hard time believing that there's not something between Jansen and Robbie Ray. And it might be baseball related. I mean, it probably is, or it probably stemmed from something baseball re- related. And now it's become personal to some degree because you can't tell someone that you don't want to work with them and have it not really be personal. But what do you think that is? Something about his face. Yeah, totally. The glasses. There's just a lack of respect for what he does. I think that uh, maybe Robbie Ray doesn't care at all about catching um, because, you know, it's like put down one finger. Yeah. Throw the, throw, I, I'm going to throw You could be a trash can. I'm just aiming at. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And you know what? You're, you're a bad offensive catcher and i want more runs so let's get someone else in here because i don't like the way you look and uh i don't know maybe 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 danny was like hey i don't i don't know about the whole grunt thing like seems like the 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 the, it could be doing the opposite of what you think and he's like get him out of here yeah bingo that's that's the road i want to go down i think robbie ray's like the soup nazi I think you say one little thing that is against the way that that guy is and you're done and you're just getting torn off like toilet paper and flushed right down. And I think that Danny Jansen at some point, probably last year, because I don't think he's caught him all year. I might be wrong about that, but whenever it was, um, it might've said something like maybe even like a little playful joke about his pants or something like, yeah, yeah, maybe you loosen those pants or like something like that. And he's like, excuse me, you're done. Yeah. And then it was Kirk and then, and then Robbie Ray uh, and then Kirk, like probably got the, got the memo. Do you know what I mean? So he's done nothing but just support Robbie Ray. And then uh, when Kirk got hurt, they bring up Riley Adams and Riley Adams is just making it to the big leagues, a little uncomfortable. He's a little nervous and he makes some little passing comment about his pants and he's like next. And then they have to get Reese McGuire. I think, uh, I think that's just the way it's going to be. You gotta, you gotta learn how to be around Robbie Ray. He's not going to adapt to you. It's really funny too because you would think, like, based on like how it, what a delicate balance it feels like it's been to get Robbie Ray to where he is now and how dominant he is. That you would think you would want the best possible catcher, the best guy who, the best defensive catcher, the best game caller you think you have on the team to have this guy that is super important right now and to, you know, to compliment him. It's it's just fascinating to me that that they either that or they just Robbie Ray doesn't care at all, and they're like I I guess this is our one, uh, this is the only guy that doesn't seem to care who's catching him so we we got to give Danny a break sometime and and Robbie doesn't give a shit so uh, he'll 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 throw to anybody. Just put down the one, baby. Put down the one. Put down the one and get your earplugs in. Yep. Um. So then recency bias accepted with the fact that Ryu came back from his glute strain yesterday and didn't look that good. I mean, it wasn't horrible by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't vintage Ryu. He let up some dingers and some, a lot of contact. So is Robbie Ray the best pitcher on the Toronto Blue Jays? Without a doubt, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And so here's the thing, Jakey. Here's the thing. They got two big dogs pitching in the minor leagues. Oh, yeah. One Nate Pearson. One Nate Pearson. One Alec Manoa. You want to hear some pitching lines? Yeah. Tell me about the Ks. Nate Pearson, Nate Pearson first start, eight Ks, one run Ooh. allowed, four hits. It's three and two-thirds innings. The, the narrative that's being said is that he was getting squeezed and that he could have pitched longer, but the umpire was squeezing him. So right. regardless. Blow him away. Ks. Throw it down the middle. You want to hear something even more impressive? Yeah. Alec Manoa, 12 Ks. Holy shit. Six innings pitched, only allowing two hits. What? Look, I'm all for guys and their development and for people learning in a safe environment and making their mistakes in a place where it's okay to make mistakes and to not be moved along the system too fast. We're in World War II, baby. Mm -hmm. We need men on the field. We need some guys to come up here and take a chance and maybe make some mistakes up in the big leagues. How many starts like these do these two guys have to make before we're not just saying, get your ass up to Dunedin? Oh, we should also say the Blue Jays are going to Buffalo in the start of uh, June. They're going back to Buffalo. Who cares? Um, How many starts before these guys are whipping darts in the big leagues? That's 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 a good question. I was thinking about that myself, and I'm just I'm still taken aback by that pitching line though. Like talking about Alec Manoa, like I thought he never pitched a professional game in his life. How is he doing that? He's doing that because well, he's not uh, super young. He's 23, so you know he's got a little bit of life experience. He's also uh, seven foot eight, (laughs) (laughs) so I think he's actually six seven. And he just seems like, I mean, if you've ever seen him in an interview, he seems like he's just got it all together. seems like you're not going to rattle him. And he's just a big dude who whips the ball and has good off speed. And he's confident. And they, he's ready. They must think he's ready. You don't, you don't go from college, no matter, even if the pandemic is happening, you don't go straight to AAA, pitch the second start of the AAA season, dominate like that. If they don't, like... If, if they're trying to manipulate things or keep things going, I feel like they want, they think he's coming up this season. I don't think they're trying to manipulate with him, but I, I do think like, uh, like to your point, you know, just went from college now to AAA. I do think that he's being expedited somewhat because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, because he would have had a full season last year, you know, doing whatever, double A, whatever. But he was lights out in spring training. Oh, that's it. And, and the alternate site, right? So yeah, he's pitched against. I mean, I mean, they've seen what he's what his stuff looks like against other pros that they've got on the team, and they see, oh shit, this guy's got better stuff. Season him a couple of starts at AAA, and and why not why not bring him up? You know. So let's say something a little. Let's do something a little. Is he better, is he better than Trent Thornton? <laughs> is he better than Tommy yeah. Malone? Well, Tommy Malone, I think, is dead, but uh, he's definitely better. I don't than know who Trent he Thornton. is, but. <laughs> I think he's uh, here's the thing and this is maybe a bit unfair but let's be a little bit unfair okay a year ago a year ago we were 
just getting all greased up for Nate Pearson. And we were so excited and we thought he was the second coming and that he was going to hit the ground running and just be like lights out 101, 102, 103. And like, just, you know, battle for rookie of the year, potentially Cy Young. That didn't quite happen. And uh, he came up and he was, you know, I'll, I'll say fairly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we've got, Manoa, and we haven't seen Manoa in the big leagues, obviously, we've, but we've heard a lot about him and we see his pitching lines and we hear people talk about him. Who are you Who are you higher on now a year later, Alec Manoa or Nate Pearson? Uh, who, who did you put your money on? If you had money and you had to put it in one of their stocks and you got a percentage of their big league earnings for the rest of their life, who are you putting your money in? That's a really tough question. Probably Pearson, but I'm more excited about Manoa. But as as you know, and as the listeners, even if you're new, even if you're just listening to this episode, you probably know that personality, look, the the vibe counts a massive amount for me. And I, uh, whatever it is about Manoa, that dude gets me excited. I want to watch that, right? I want to watch yeah. that. Pearson... You know, he's got a he's got a lot more of a wholesome kind of a wienery vibe. I'll say. I don't. I'm a, I'm different about Pearson than that. I find that Pearson is a little bit like like cool guy. Like he's trying to be the cool guy all the time, like easy going cool guy. Like yeah. hey, like this is who I am. I like, I, hey, I agree hey. that that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> that's just not. But what then I, you think yeah. underneath you think underneath is just like a farm boy who's still traumatized by the cow kicking him one day. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, I don't know why I asked that question. I don't even think I can answer it. But if I had to put the money on one of the players, go on Manoa. Do you go on Manoa? Put my money in Manoa. Would you? Would you bring him up? I mean, how many games are you you letting him pitch down there? I don't know. I think. I think, and I might have been uh, influenced by somebody that said this, so I don't want this to come across like it's my original thought but it feels like uh right to me that uh if he continues throwing like this you know something like this he doesn't have to do that 12 k's and in six innings every single time he goes out but i think you you can bring him up once they get to buffalo june in june okay so <clears throat> that he's three more starts right four four more starts whatever three yeah i i think that's that seems right to me and if if situations was different, then no. But who we got? We got two pitchers. Yeah, like we're a big league team gone. with two pitchers. Is, 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 is gone for you already? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, I was killing Ryu. Uh, Matz is still comeback player of the year. Oh, okay. Um, I mean that's an interesting rotation if we brought them both up at the same time too. <laughs> you got Ryu, uh, Ray, Matz, Manoa, Pearson. I'm not 100% sure, pardon me, got the vid. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that Pearson's coming up as a starter. Whoa. Whoa. I, I don't know. You got Because you he's, got not, he's, not, he's not going along? The, the, making the long, long start so far? Uh, I don't know about that. I think his pitch count was still reasonably high in the three and a two-thirds innings. But uh, I don't know, man. I just have this... With with some of the the injuries that are going on, and with Merriweather going on the sixty day, you got to fill that spot with somebody elite. 
Right. It's not going to be Manoa. Who's it going to be? Are you going to fill in the Merriweather spot? Who's coming in and throwing 100? Yeah. I mean, might be easier to add that guy at the deadline than it is to add a, a potential starter who throws 100. Who can dominate yeah. the way we think that Pearson might be able to? I think that there's a there's a ton of guys uh, in bullpens now who can who can come in and throw a hundred, and we might have we might have some of them in our in our system. I don't know that Castro. I, I think is Castro hurt now too. That <laughs> I can't keep up, but I'm pretty sure he's hurt now too. But he looked he's been looking pretty good. Yeah, he has been looking. I mean, the bullpen in in general has been looking really good. And I just had this thought that when you said. Uh, adding at the deadline and uh i was just thinking like what if it's like that long that we don't even see george springer and i hate to keep harping on this george springer thing but just you know if if he becomes more of like almost like the feel of a of a deadline add-on for this team that's really sad (laughs) yeah it's really sad really sad and kirk like they both come back at the deadline oh my goodness Yikes. Oh, I hate that, man. That's the thing that sucks about when you really like a team and then guys get hurt and, and they get hurt for a long time and you're just, oh, you just want everybody to be healthy and together and you want to watch the thing. You want to watch your team at its full potential. You don't, and there's something to be said about piecing it together and making it work and guys overachieving and stepping in and filling in holes and, and still being able to, you know, battle for a playoff spot. But you want to see your guys. You want to see your name brands. Love name brands. It feels personal to me. You know, it feels like um, it feels like they're trying to hurt me. They're trying to make me angry, and especially in this time where I'm so sensitive. You know, and and I can just it just feels like oh, another injury could just send me over the edge, and I'm going to destroy my television, or I'm going to do something stupid that I'm going to regret. You know. Jacob, let me uh, let me try to make you feel a little bit better with with this piece of information. Uh, it's not all fun and games here on Underdogs. Every now and then, we have to deal with some pretty serious matters and some some pretty tough and dark topics. Uh, we lost a member of our family over the past week. Uh, Tanner Roark has been removed from the team. He's been DFA'd and he has no! waivers. I'm sorry, Jacob. I didn't. I'm sorry. Uh, he He's a free agent now, so he's probably just his agent's phone is probably ringing off of the, uh, the hook. But, well, Jacob, we are gathered here today at the funeral for Tanner B. Roark and... I wanted to give you the opportunity if you had anything that was making your heart ache and making your your soul tight that you wanted to get off your chest before we close the casket on on Tanner Roar. Could you just speak from your heart, Jacob? Um, okay. I mean, I can't believe I was invited here at all. <laughs> um, but, you know, pe- people want people want to hear me speak about Tanner, Tanner, I guess uh, he would, he would have, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll say what I think. Okay. Tanner, Roark, 
Tanner, you might, you might go down as one of the worst signings in Shatkin's Blue Jays history. Um, worse than Kendris Morales. Worse than Jaime Garcia and Jesus Christ, Jaime Garcia was bad. I'm trying to think of, of one good thing to say about you, and I'm really at a loss. If we didn't make the playoffs last season, I would have blamed you. We compared you often to Rosie O'Donnell, and I don't think you can be mad at us for that. Your body confounds me. I don't understand how it can look the way it does in the environment you live and work in. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I know pitchers' bodies come in all shapes and can still be effective. Heck, some bigger pitchers can be better because of the extra weight, and, and, and that can be intimidating. Not yours. If you and me got naked and went into a room where a selection of random people behind a one-way mirror had to choose which one they thought was an athlete, I'd win every time. And I haven't worked out in a year. I've openly talked about how I've lounged for a year. And you don't make any attempt to conceal this. The, l the look of wearing the high socks makes you look like an infant on the mound. I, I know I shouldn't get so hung up about your body, but you make me angry. The amount of money you make makes me angry. You bring out the worst in me, Tanner. So I'm glad you're gone. So I can hopefully move on, even though we will continue to pay for you. Pay you to stop wasting space and go somewhere else. I won't be shocked if someone else takes a chance on you. And the way things go in this world, you'll probably even make a story in Toronto about how you're pitching great somewhere else for a couple starts. But you and I know that won't last. You're done. I just hope you know that and you can start to enjoy and maybe revel in the money you don't deserve right now and stop getting upset after the game when you're bad and stop blaming other people. Just be honest and say, I'm bad, but this team is worse. So they ask me to come out here knowing that they will lose if I pitch. And that's what they want. So what can I do? Tanner is a bad name, too, by the way. And is it Roark? Or is it Rourk? It's weird that we all just said Roark and accepted that, because it really looks like Rourke. Anyway, happy to see you're gone. Wow, Jacob. Uh... <laughs> Thank you so much for your respectful comments. Uh, I'm sure his family is happy that uh, <laughs> you were given given such a platform to to speak at his his funeral. Thank you for taking the time to list every every single thing that <laughs> you feel about uh, Tanner. <laughs> they keep asking me and to come I, to these. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No. I. I agree. I agree. And it's about truth. It's not about anything other than how you feel. Okay, Tanner. Tanner B. Rourke. Rourke. T-Row. Or as I like to call you, yuck. Maybe, you know, maybe if we had met at an earlier time in our lives, things could have been different. It's possible that a younger, less judgmental me, not at the rock bottom place in my life with no willingness to see beyond your diminished skill set and your growing net fat, your growing neck fat. Sorry, I want to be very clear what I just said. Neck 
fat, your growing neck fat, and for me to put all of my rage of unfulfillment on your penguin body, I maybe I would have been able to see that you're just a person. And maybe if we had met at a bar one night, you'd be someone I could even talk to, laugh with. You'd be in your street clothes and not in your uniform looking like an arrogant Teletubby. But maybe... Maybe we could have a Bud Light or even your favorite drink, vodka and pancake batter. Well, buddy, looks like that diesel engine has run dry and your arm is as useless as the tongue of a dead dog. I want you to enjoy your money. And maybe someday, like Roy Halliday did, you will pay for a full-page ad in the Toronto Sun. But unlike his header, thank you, yours will just read, whoops. Thank you, everybody. Uh, uh, Jacob, those are never easy to do. They, they take so much from us, and they're, it's a very vulnerable thing to yeah. say goodbye to a, to a family member. Yeah, I really thought, I really thought you were going to say, one day you'll be like, like Roy Halliday and die in blank. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's even bringing up the name Roy Halliday is a bit tricky. Everyone's like, "What's he gonna say?" I was oh. like, "No, no, no!" Oh my god! Yeah. No, we're not. We're not gonna go there. Um, we're not going to <laughs> go there yet. <laughs> oh man! Oh, you know there is a chance that that that, and I think it might have happened already. I don't remember all of the obituaries that we've done, but there we don't like. We're not setting out to be mean to these guys. It just so happens the only DFA guys we don't like. So, you know, if they were to, if they were to get rid or trade somebody that we really liked, these would be really heartfelt and uh, not that this wasn't heartfelt, but they would have a different tone to them. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that, Jacob? Yeah. I mean, I had, I'd started writing a pretty, I I feel like fun one about Reese McGuire, but Reese came back, you know, and I don't think I wrote a good one about Reese McGuire too. And then he, you wouldn't have written on oh man. There was so much with that Reese McGuire one. It could have been so good, but that piece of shit had to come back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll, le- he'll, he'll be gone again. Don't you worry. Not if Ray's taking a liking to him. Whew. He'll be here True. for a while. True. Um, all right. The Blue Jays are going to Houston. They're going to face the trash cam babies in Houston. It's not as late of a start as those. Oakland A starts at 9:40. These are eight o'clock starts. I'm I'm a lot better with the eight o'clock start than the 9:40. That 9:40 starts maddening. Those games get over at what one, two? I didn't even make it through half of those games. Yeah. Um. What else? You you want to say anything else to these fine listeners, Jacob? Before we part here, should we send them on their way and uh, and see them later on next week? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe give us a review. I noticed there's not been. Yeah, why don't you give us a review? There hasn't been any new ones since our last episode, and I was enjoying reading them. It made me feel yeah. good about myself. Um, and I didn't get that rush. Another of fun thing you could do, if you guys don't want to write a review. What you could do is, uh, I don't know how many characters the review space allows, but you could do your own uh, obituary to Tanner Roark if you like. Ooh. We'll read your obituaries on the show. 
Do you want to say something to Tanner Roark? We will read it on the show. We can say your name. We can say your alias, whatever. You can be private, whatever. But uh, we're happy to do that for you if you want to say anything. Uh, because we know it's a tough time for everybody and uh, getting those feelings out is very, very important. So do that. Hit us up, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, follow us on Twitter at Underdogs Canada. And we will see you next time on Underdogs. Thank you.